or they found out that it wasn't true and they went back out into the world, or maybe they hopefully they found Jesus for real. But they were following after the prophet, after the person who set themselves up as a prophet, rather than following after the presence of God. What does the Bible tell us? Jesus says he descended spirit. Why? He says, the speed of God goes, the comforter may come, right? Jesus went back, ascended into heaven. He told them to go to the upper room and tarry until the comforter came, the promise of the Lord God from Jeremiah, I mean, John, Joel chapter 2. And when the, when the Holy Ghost shall come, he will lead you and guide you in all truth and righteousness. He will do you with power from on high. Well, the, when you take all the scriptures and talk about all the Holy Ghost will do, it is those that are led by the Spirit that are the sons of God. Amen? Daughter, you fit into that too. If we are led by the Spirit, then we are His. Amen? Forget that. You can't follow a prophet just because everything a prophet says, and you don't know what's how the Spirit of God bears witness. You don't know, you, you hear what they're saying, but you're not, it's not bearing witness to the Holy Ghost in you. Then you need to find out the truth. You need to bear that out. You, the Bible tells us to try the spirits to see if they be of God. Amen? We need to know what we're following after and who we're following after and who we're partnering with and who we are staying in confederacy to that old King James Version wording. And who are we lining ourselves up with? Amen? We better be lining up with the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, the Holy Ghost. I said, I'm having all you have how to get the Ezekiel text 33 now. And my mother was just going out, but I don't know. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. There's nothing like the fresh water. Here on the reservation, we have a saying called water is life. And I'll probably mispronounce it as something like that. Soledina. And it means the water is life. You know, and what is represented by the water in the Bible? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the rivers of living water are flowing through us. It's that He is represented by wind and water and fire. Amen? We need water to live. We need water. We need the Holy Ghost to live and to walk in His life. Amen? All right. Chapter 33. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, speak unto the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchmen, if he, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, and he bloweth the trumpet and warns the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. Men and women of God, anointed men and women of God with the purpose, with the anointing, with their calling, with the purpose, with the unction of the Holy Ghost to proclaim what thus saith the Lord must say and do what he tells us to do. Amen. And it is the responsibility of the hearer. It's not once I drop God's word, as Bible says, drop thy word. Once I drop the word, 
It is up to you. What will you do with it? Now it has become your responsibility. The Holy Spirit is dealing with you. He's giving you the Word of God. He's giving you the truth. Through the man or woman of God being obedient, and it's up to you to decide what will you do with it. Will you quench the spirit? Will you sit there and and mumble and mumble and, and get angry and run away? Or will you allow the Holy Spirit? You know, water is the universal solvent, right? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to break down that hardened heart? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to speak in your ear and speak to your heart and break down and break up that fallow ground and allow Him into your life because that is where true life begins. True life doesn't begin the day you met that person that you just fell in love with. True life doesn't begin the day you had your first baby. True life begins the moment you allow the Holy Spirit in and you allow and guess what He does. And you call upon the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit comes in, Holy Ghost comes in, and He's the regenerative power. He's the one that was there that hovered over the waters during creation. He's the one that, that parted the sea. God spoke it, told Moses what to do. Moses was obedient. The Holy Spirit parted the waters. The Spirit, the presence of God. Amen? All throughout the Bible, the Holy Ghost is the one part of the Trinity Godhead that does all the, the creative power, the regenerative power. He is the one. <laughs> oh, man. Glory to God. In Jeremiah chapter 29, 20, 29, it talks about how God knit you together in your mother's womb. The Father says, I knit you together, I formed you together in your mother's womb. Guess what? That was the Holy Ghost in there doing that work. The creative power of God that brings forth a little baby from that first moment of conception. He brings that together and he begins to form you, your baby, your baby's baby in the mother's womb, in your mother's womb. You were formed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then life happens when we begin to grow, when we begin to forget the presence of God, we begin, because we're as little children, I believe little babies know. I, I, I see it. They have this, this peace about them. They, 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 they sense things in the spirit realm. But as life goes on, they become more and more desensitized. We get caught up in the world, we get caught up in sin. And then that moment comes when the Holy Spirit is drawing and it's drawing and it's drawing. Never really completely forgot him. It's because he's never forgotten you. He knows you by name. He knows every hair on your head. He knows when you got your first tooth. He knows everything about you. You still draw. Life begins the moment you allow him to begin to work in your life again. And you call upon the name of Jesus Christ and you and you are saved. And you repent. And turn from your wicked ways and begin to follow the Father, follow the Lord. And, allow, and then you just beg for the Holy Ghost. Come in and fill me, renew me, fill me with the Holy Ghost, Lord. I see it in the book of Acts, chapter 2. I see it again here and again there where they were filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, Lord. Fill me and give me that evidence, that sure assurance, Lord, and use me, Father, for your glory. Glory to God. Get off of that, off on that. That's good, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for your word. 
Glory to God. Chapter 5. So you are responsible, not chapter 5, verse 5. You are responsible for what God is trying to do in your life. No one gets saved this, this particular day on this particular message. It's not because the Holy Ghost is wrong. It's not because God's not putting His Word out there for you today. It is because whether you choose this day to serve Him or you choose this day to reject Him, knowing what hangs in the balance, knowing you're not promised your next breath, knowing that He can come today, He can come this very moment. You have a choice to make. Will you choose Jesus? Or will you choose the world? Will you choose to live for Satan? Will you choose to live for your own self? I like the way the old pastors, old preachers used to say it. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. That is the choice. Choose Jesus or choose the other way. Choose you to say who you will serve. In verse 5, God goes on to tell the prophet to speak these words, and he says, He heard the sound of the trumpet. This person, this person heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. Who's responsible? Not the pastor. The pastor's not going to get in trouble for you not responding. The evangelist will not get in trouble with the Lord for you not responding because the pastor and the evangelist have to be responsible for speaking the word of God. A prophet who was ordained to prophesy as Ezekiel was, to speak the word of God in this manner, he is responsible to say what God told him to say as verbatim as humanly possible. Amen. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be a whoop, shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. God God has given us a warning right here, right now, and there's a way for you to deliver your soul, whether you're already saved or not, whether you've given your life and you proclaim Jesus Christ as King. If you're not walking in His Spirit, if you're a man, a woman of God, if you walk in and you, you call yourself a prophet or an evangelist or an apostle, and you're not Speaking the word as verbatim as humanly possible. God is calling you to repentance right now. God is calling you to repentance right now. Yes, yes, God calls his own children to repentance. It's the second chronicle, it's all throughout the Bible. He calls his own children back to repentance. Why? Because he strayed from the narrow path. He strayed from his plan and gotten off into the world or into your own plan or somebody else's plan. God says, It's my plan. Get back on my path. Amen. Glory to God. Heed the word of the Lord today. Hear you his call. Verse 6. But if the watchman sees the sword come, now the watchman, remember, is the man, woman of God, the one that's sitting on the wall, watching for the, the sword, the, the famine, the sword, the attacks of the enemy. If the watchman sees the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people are not warned, if the sword come and take away any person from among them, then he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So if the watchmen, the men and women of God, are not obedient to the Spirit and leading a leader of the ship of the Holy Ghost, and we don't speak what God tells us to speak, and if someone dies and goes to hell, or someone is killed in a car accident before they had a chance to, to hear what thus saith the Lord, 
If something comes and takes them away, God says, I will require their blood at our hand, at your hand. We must handle the word of God carefully. We must handle the word of God on purpose. I saw some young Navajo kids today, and they were carrying some hamburger meat that I'm guessing they were getting it for lunch. And they had these little chubs of hamburger meat. And they were all carrying them. They were like in a little line right behind the mall. And they were all carrying their pack of meat like it was precious. Some were kind of cradling it in their arm like a baby, especially the girls. And some, I could just see them carrying some precious, like a golden silver platter or something with something precious on it. Amen? We need to handle the word of God like it is the precious word of God that it is. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds that comes out of the mouth of God the Father. We must handle it carefully. This generation has become so, I don't know, relaxed, so full of self so casting off restraint, the Holy Ghost told, told us about two, three years ago that they, they, being aware, start watching for it, that people are casting off restraint. And I'm over here, even me, I'm thinking, oh, it must be out there in the world. We were having a conversation earlier about how the world is overtaken by so much evil. And yes, it's on the internet. Yes, it's multiplied by that. But now you can't find a community, or you'd be hard-pressed to find a community in the United States that has not been touched by the evils of pornography, that has not been touched with children. At least one child, if you touch one, you touch another because they go with each other. One child is exposed to pornography, or one child is exposed to, to some evil twisted, perverse way of living, and that child will tell another child, that child will tell another child, or they'll begin to act it out against other people. It's not just because of the internet. It's because people are casting off restraint. But it begins in the house of God. The Bible tells us that judgment begins in the house of God. Amen? It begins with you and me, the born again, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost Christians that are either given a choice every single day to either choose you this day whom you will serve. You get to choose. Ezekiel had a choice. As soon as God said, Son of man, speak the word to the children, Ezekiel could have said no. Ezekiel could have shut up and shut himself in the house and not gone out and spoken this word. He had a choice. But he feared God. The Bible tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and strength. We need to fear God. Amen? Men and women in churches today, people in this generation, have become so relaxed, so lackadaisical. So, if, if, you know, God is just going to bless it because I'm so righteous and I'm just, I'm just so anointed and I can just say it the way I want to say it. People will get it, you know, but God is so good and He's so full of grace. And, and God said, but God said, say it like this. The truth is, God said, say this. Amen? We are not to add to it or take away from it. We're not to expound upon it or try to tell people what we think it means. You tell them what thus says the Lord. I have seen the strangest words come to people. 
through the man and woman of God, and it meant nothing to anyone else in the room. It absolutely did not make sense. But to that man or to that woman, it hit home just like that. They got it. They broke it again. Weep in the Spirit. You know, the Holy Ghost moving upon them. They were delivered. They were healed. They were unified. Whatever God was doing in their lives, it was between them and God. It was between them and God. It's not between you and God. It's between them. You're just the mouthpiece. You bring that word. You speak it just the way God gives it to you, and you leave it there. You only do what God tells you to do. It's a twofold message. I hope y'all are catching that. This is between in one fold, he's one way, he's speaking, he's telling you know, you have the hearer has responsibility to what they will do with it. Will you receive what thus saith the Lord? And the man or woman of God must pray forth what thus saith the Lord properly, rightly dividing the word of truth, not just adding to it, not just saying it the way they want to say it, not being happy happy go lucky with it, but with fear and trembling before the Lord. Verse 7, So thou, O son of man, again he's speaking to Ezekiel, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman upon the house of Israel. So he told him, <laughs> you go speak these words. And then at the middle of it, right? Well, it's not the middle of it, but right here, then he goes, oh, by the way, you're the watchman. By the way, we are watchmen. We are carriers of the word. We should be contagious. And he's taking the word everywhere and expounding it to one another. We're talking about little kids and learning evil things and telling other people evil things. If we were having all up in our house, like the Bible tells us, morning at the dinner breakfast table, in the evening at the dinner table, when you finish the harvest, whenever you, you're, you're, you're preparing the food, when you're, when you're getting them ready for the bath, when you, the last thing you say to them before they go to sleep, and the first thing you say to them in the morning, if we were just pouring and pouring and pouring the truth into them, then they would begin to know and recognize, guess what? If you have the truth in you, and you're in due with it, then you begin to recognize lies. You begin to recognize fallacies. You begin to recognize evil when it walks into the room. You begin to know that that's not of God, and I don't want to hear it. Amen? I'm not going to look at that. I have seen little kids that you would think would not have discernment, and they walk in the room and they say, nope, and they turn around and walk out. Praise God. We need to empower our children in that way. I've seen kids walk down city streets, kids that were spending the weekends worshiping the Lord, young teenagers worshiping the Lord. Kids would get face down on the altar. They didn't know everything. We don't know everything. They just knew that he had touched them. They knew that they loved his presence. They knew that they loved him. And they would seek him and they would pray and they would read their Bible and they were they were on, on fire for the Lord. Maybe not every single one of them. But some of them were. And they became contagious to the others. And then it grew them in and attracted them. My point is, they would be walking down a city street and they could tell when something more evil than everything else was around and they would go to the other side of the street and say, no, we're not going in that store. No, don't stop and talk to that one. We need to move on. Because they were, because what? You're not supposed to talk to every single person. Amen? We are to be led by the Spirit. There is a time and a season for everything. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So thou, O Son of Man, as you feel, verse 7, 
33 verse 7. I have set thee a watchman upon the house of Israel, therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. The Lord says, man, woman of God, you will hear the word from my mouth, not from the mouth of someone else, not someone else trying to gaslight you, there are spiritual gaslighters. Not somebody trying to tell you what you need to tell them for congregation on Sunday. Not somebody coming over. How do they say it? There's a voice saying, he said, she said. He said, she said. Oh, guess what that one said. Guess what that one did. This one won't do what they're supposed to do, Pastor. I'm sick and tired of of coming up in the church, Pastor, doing this and that. They won't bring anything to the fellowship meal. All they want to do is come and eat. All you want to do is complain. Who's better? We're not supposed to compare. Where were you one time? Didn't Paul tell us that? You were just like that one time. One time you were the one that just came and sat in the back pew and you got up, you came late, you left early. Already planned. You didn't want to get involved with all the social stuff a little too much. You didn't want to be responsible. Maybe you had too much on you. You just needed to get to the house of God. Lord, help us not to judge one another in such ways. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. If we're in the household of faith, now if they ain't born again, we need to be preaching the gospel to them. Can we preach the gospel to them? We're gossiping about them? No. You cannot gossip and preach the gospel at the same time. You cannot get clean water and dirty water out of the same spigot. It should not be so. If that is the case in your life, you need to sanctify your mouth. You need to sanctify your mind. You need to renew your heart, your mind, your will, the motion before the Lord. Repent. I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. And when I shall say unto the wicked, a wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not seek to warn the wicked from his way, that the wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Thank you, Holy Ghost, that you are here today. We live in the New Testament time. Praise the Lord. But this truth still stands. Man, a woman of God, you have to preach the word. You have to speak the word. You have to do what God is telling you to do. If you're a a lay member of the church, if you're a lay member of the body of Christ right now, God God puts you into an office, so to speak. It is your responsibility to hear what thus saith the Lord and do what the Lord is moving you to do. There are different places, and I'm going to tell you, being a gatekeeper, a door watchman, is just as important as the body of Christ. But there is authority in the pulpit. You understand? There is authority in the fivefold ministry. Take the word pulpit out right there. The fivefold ministry. So you don't have to stand in the pulpit to be a pastor. Amen? You're leading a flock. You can be a pastor. You better be a pastor after God's own heart. And if you're not, you need to repent.
verse 8, when I say unto the wicked, we're going to read it again, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not seek to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. In these last days, in these last days, there are pastors are being fought, men and women of God are being fought, evangelists are being fought, apostles, prophets are being fought. Why? Because some of them are speaking the absolute truth. Amen? When we speak the truth, people get angry. The truth doesn't always fall on welcoming ears. Sometimes when a person comes under conviction of the whole power of the Holy Ghost, their flesh gets angry. Sometimes the demons that are in them or on them or oppressing them, those demons get angry at the Word of God. Amen? And they provoke that person to anger and they cause that person to act out. Man or woman of God, do not be afraid. Speak the Word. Tell the truth. Your life, your life is hanging in the balance. Your soul is hanging in the balance. Just as well as there is this. We must speak the truth. Yes, people are being martyred. People are being killed. People are, people are being beat down for speaking the truth. People are being attacked for speaking the truth. But we need to stand up now more than ever and speak the truth because people's lives depend on it. People, children's lives depend on it. Verse 9. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. We must be at busy. We must be busy, yes, at the Father's business. We must be busy delivering our soul. Not for our own soul's sake, but because this is the background story. That if we don't tell the truth, amen, if we don't preach the word in season and out of season, if we're not apt to teach, I mean, if we're ready to tell them exactly, let me show you in the Bible what it says, let me explain this to you, if we're not apt to teach, if we're not preaching the word of God in season and out of season, be prepared at all times, not just when it feels good, not just when it fits right, not when it fits into your schedule, but at all times. Nathan, when you don't feel good, you get up anyway. You trust God that he will restore your voice. That you trust God that he'll put the option in your body. You won't feel that body pain. He will move on you. He will meet you there because he made the appointment, not you. You keep the appointment. Amen? And God will move mightily. I testify of that to you today. But thou hast delivered thy soul, O man and woman of God, who has preached and spoken the truth, and you have warned the people. Obedience, my brothers and sisters, is better than sacrifice. Obedience. Therefore, O son of man, speak unto the house of Israel, thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how then should we... we how should we then live? And then you say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord, God surely lives, amen. As I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Understand this, people. Hear it. God is not pleased with the death of the wicked. It is not his joy. 
that the wicked die in their sins. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked, this is where his pleasure comes, but that the wicked turn away and live. Turn away from sin and live. Forsake the world, forsake the sin. Come out from among them and be a separated, sanctified, holy people. That's his desire. That you come back to him and live. Yes, live life abundantly. Live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For while, why will you die of the house of Israel? Oh, people, why would you give up? Why would you surrender your life to sin? Why would you surrender your life to bondage? Why would you give your life over to drugs and alcohol and addiction? Why? Turn to me and live, the Lord said. He is the chain breaker. Every yoke, that's the thing they put around an ox's neck, every yoke and every fetter, those that fetter, they used to chain people to the wall in the prison, in the basement, right? Down the dungeon, not the basement, <laughs> in the dungeon. They would take them down the dungeon, they would put fetters on their feet and fetters on their arms. Those are fetters, iron chains, iron bracelets, the chains on them, forged for no other purpose but to hold down the strongest person for torture, for torment, or just separation from, from everything. And they put them into darkness. God. God speaks light into that. Laser light, laser accuracy, and his word goes forth like, like a, a sharper than any two-edged sword. It can separate the bones from the marrow. It's so sharp. Like laser accuracy, God goes in by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the glow of the lamp, and breaks those shackles right off. As if it were a laser, only greater and more powerful. Amen? I believe the word in that scripture where he says, I break the yoke and the fetters. That word for break right there means to obliterate or shatter. Praise God. Like something on Star Trek that we Gone. Hallelujah. Amen. When God breaks the chains and the fetters, there's no looking back. If you were bonded, if you were held in bondage in a, in a, in a dungeon by chains and fetters and suddenly they were broken and the doors were swung open, would you sit there? Or would you run, saying, praise God, praise God, I'm free. You set me free, hallelujah, I'm free indeed, amen. You would run, and you would tell somebody, and you would find the closest person to your loved ones, you begin to tell them what God has done. You wouldn't sit back and be quiet. You wouldn't stay in that corner and cower. You'd probably go over running, looking for something good to eat, and begin to praise the Lord for all that he has done, amen. Look at verse 12. Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day. Let's go down with it. The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither, neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness. In the day that he sinneth. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trust in his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. Are you getting this? But for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. 
Oh, it's just one little tiny sin. It's just one little thing. It's just one little white lie. I had to say it to make them do something. That's manipulation. Now it's two lies. Now it's two things. Oh, what a single breath When you begin to tell one set, one lie, it multiplies and grows into something else. And then it makes the situation worse and worse and worse. Amen? When you steal one little thing, then you would say, it makes it easier to steal the next time. You steal something else. You steal something else. You steal something else. You think you become the thing that you're invincible. The enemy is having his way. The next thing you know, you're in prison for, I don't know, for grand theft arsony or grand theft auto or for clicking the books at the church, taking a little something off the top, maybe doing something out at the chapter house, maybe doing something up at the White House. It doesn't matter where you are. What matters is whether or not your 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 sins have been washed by the snow. Amen. It is written, I have written these things unto you that you said not. Amen. God's telling the people right here in the book of Ezekiel, you can be as righteous and have all your righteousness and have all your, your charts marked off and do all the right things, but the day that you sin, you step out of it. If you die in it, that's right here, y'all. People think, oh, you're being dogmatic when you talk that way. You're being dogmatic. But this is what the Bible says. If you kill and you die in the middle of your, in your murderous act, You are dying a murderer. If you take a life that belongs to God, because all life belongs to Him, Amen. He is the breath of life. He is the Creator. And if you take someone else's life and you die in that act of murder, I'm not talking about wartime. That's a whole other ball game. But if it, 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 what's what's the intent of your heart? And you're in there, and, and you murder someone, and you die in that murderous act, or during that time without repentance. And no, you can't go around just murdering people and repent. That's a deliverance issue. <laughs> you must be born again. You need the blood of Jesus applied. And he says if you die in that, no matter how righteous you were up until that moment, you just threw it all away for one simple moment. And what we must do, what must we do there? We must repent. With a broken heart and a contrite spirit, God will not respond. And he says, just the same way. And this is where we get real judgmental. What did you see? They did this. I heard they went to church today, went up to their altar and prayed. Now I guess they think they're all holy. Guess what? If they came to the altar and they came to God with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and they asked Jesus to come into their heart, they repented, right? And they, let me get the verbiage right here because we've got a lot of, a lot of verbiage these days. But all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. You don't have to give a whole line, a list of, of things you're repenting of because as the Holy Ghost is dealing with you, all that stuff's going to come up. The enemy's going to be trying to break it before you, and God's going to say, "Oh, don't worry about that. I don't know what you're talking about." Amen. He tells you right there in the same Bible that he takes those sins and he casts them as far as the east is to the west. He casts them away. Oh, 
Anyway, the Bible says that he cast your sins as far as the east is to the west, that your sins are as far as to the bottom of the sea, and he does not bring them back up again. The enemy will bring them back up, and you could say the blood has been upon That is not who I was. That is not who I mean who I am. I don't know that person anymore. Amen. You are now a new person. You have a new name written down in heaven. Hallelujah. All right. So let's, let's just uh, recap this. The Lord is telling us today to repent. Whether you are a man or woman of God, whether you're a prophet, an apostle, an evangelist, if you're not handling the Word of God with so much carefulness and so much understanding of how precious the Word of God is, it is life. It is life. It speaks life. And when we add to it, and we add our own fleshly desires to it, even if it seems like something good. Sometimes we desire good things for people that we think are good. But our thoughts and his thoughts are not exactly the same. Amen? Our fleshly thoughts, sometimes we think somebody needs a house when really they need to live on. Maybe if they got that house they're praying for, they would be able to handle it because they still need deliverance or something. I don't know. We need to handle the Word of God more carefully. We need to handle the moving of the Spirit more carefully. We heard a man preach yesterday about how we need to be hungry for the move of God. We need to be hungry to see people say, we need to be hungry for what God is doing. And people are still looking at things in the natural. They look at, at how many people are in a building or how much money has come through. And what we need to be looking at is that have we been have we been obedient to what God is telling us to do today? When we lay our heads down, before we lay our heads down the pillow at night, we need to say, Lord, is there anything on this? Lord, did I miss you in any way? Lord, teach me. Let God take you aside and spend some time teaching you his way, teaching you his, his path, the way that he does things. And when you come to church, you come to a gathering of, of saints, and there's a word of God coming out for the man or woman of God, and it's like today's word, then heed the word of God. Listen to what God is saying. Whether you're, we like to say, people like to say, a congregation, where my sisters always says, whether you're a sheep or a shepherd, whether you're in the sheep's position or you're in the shepherd's position, we need to heed the word of God. Amen. We don't need to overstep each other's boundaries. There's only, if you're the pastor, then someone else should not be telling you constantly how a pastor, the Holy Ghost should be leading you. Some they can give you their advice or their, you know, confide in you what they think, but don't let what they think override what the Holy Ghost is saying. In congregation, don't let what you think override what the Holy Ghost is saying. Know the difference. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we thank you for this word. Lord, we thank you, God, that some may receive it as hard. But, Father, we thank you because it is food for our soul. It is food and nourishment to us, Lord God. And, Father, we will repent and turn back to you, Lord God, if there is anything in us, anything, any big actions that we have done or are doing, Father God. Reveal it to us, Lord God, that we be found pleasing your sight in all that we do, Lord God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for everyone that's washed in the blood of Jesus. We thank you for everyone who's calling and drawing right now. 
the Holy Spirit's drawing people to repentance. He's drawing you, he's calling you to kind of come home, come home and live, come back and live, come and know your Creator. I will give you life, and I will give you peace, and I will give you joy, says the Lord. Come home, come home to me, says the Lord. I am. Your abode, I am your home. Come back home to me. 